Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey podcast listeners, how are you doing? I hope you're doing okay. Um, I'm having a really good week. Surprising since... A lot of shit has gone down this week. Apologies if you're new here and you don't like cursing. I swear a lot. So you just, if you don't like it, leave. (laughs) If you do, it's fine. But it's a good week because it was hard shit I had to do, but I did it all the same. And I just feel good about that. And it's just happy. Um, And I feel content and I feel peaceful for the first time in a while. So um, it's nice. And that's all I have to say about that. It's just a good phase, um, even though it was hard. And I wanted to talk uh, today about conversations. It was crazy because I had the same conversation with many different people over the course of a week. And that kind of happens because I'm obviously dealing with a very niche population, which is people that are struggling with binging and purging. But in particular, I talked a lot about purging this week. And I've been over this topic many times, but people need to hear lessons more than once. Uh, And really just about how purging is the problem. And this isn't always the case for people. But it's the case. It was the case for me, even though I always thought it was binging, it really, a lot of it had to do with purging. And it's a case for a lot of my clients. And I was going to make notes, like a little outline for this, this podcast episode, but I decided not to, I never make full blown like scripts. I'm just not that type of person. I'm not going to do that. But even the idea of making an outline today was just too difficult for me. And I was like, Oh, I have to make an outline. I don't feel like making an outline. And then because I didn't feel like making an outline, my brain was like, well, you can't do a podcast till you make an outline. So therefore we need to procrastinate on the outline. I was like, that's stupid. I'm just going to record the podcast with my thoughts in my brain. And if I need to pause and think for a minute, I'll pause and think and then I'll start recording again. Stupid. <laughs> we need to get this done now. So a little brain hack for you. You know, if you can't do it the right way, just do it the way that it feels easiest to do instead. And for me to get a podcast episode out to you guys this week, that's going to be quality and help you along with your recovery journey means that it's going to be a podcast that's raw and has no outline. So that's what it's going to be. But anyway, the basic concept of today's podcast episode is about purging and how purging really is the start of the cycle, the binging and purge cycle, not the end. It's not wiping the slate clean. It's not useful to you. Purging actually encourages poor behaviors with food and encourages overeating, encourages binging, keeps you in the cycle, it keeps you stuck. And the biggest gift anyone could ever give you, even though I know a lot of you that rely on purging quite heavily would hyperventilate at this, the biggest gift anyone could give you is taking away your ability to purge. Because then you would be forced to think about food in a completely different way. Purging can be effective. It cannot be effective. It depends on how good you are at purging. And I hate saying that because people are like, oh, you're encouraging purging. I'm just stating the reality that sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not. Ultimately does though, whether it it really is that effective or not for you, um, at least it's moderately effective. It, it, It gives you this sense of a safety belt, like, uh, um, something that, okay, well, if you do mess up, you can just restart the cycle. 
But the problem is you shouldn't have that restart button in the first place, right? It's not helpful because what it does is it never allows you to really learn how to moderate food and it kind of gives you endless options in a way. It's like online shopping and you start viewing food as just anything that you eat, any sort of discomfort, any sort of thing that pops up your way, you can and will eat, right? But at the consequence of never really feeling, yeah, never really feeling the actual consequences of overeating, right? And then therefore it encourages massively overeating on food and binging because you're going to do it anyway, so you might as well X, Y, and Z. Um, It's just not helpful. And then you don't have a level of respect for food that you should. It's like a power, I don't know, I'm I'm describing purging as if it's really good, but I'm trying to help you see that it's actually not. Um, (laughs) So hopefully this podcast episode goes well. But Purging is like a power you you shouldn't have, but you have. And I don't th- I'm not saying that to try to shame you or anything. It's just not actually helping you and it's keeping you stuck in the cycle. You need to remove it, right? You need to get rid of it. It's like people that don't choose not to use cell phones. They just know that as much as it gives you access to everything, they cannot handle that. And so they just need to go without it for a long time or never ever again because they can't be trusted with it. I think purging for me, the what's allowed me to not relapse and over the past three months with going through this transition in my life, it's been probably the most triggering time in my life aside from when I first recovered of wanting to binge and purge and go back to behaviors. It's been crazy to watch, but I really know that if I did go back to purging, it would probably be a hardcore relapse. I don't know that for sure. Um, And so I just know that I can't be trusted with that power, even just doing it once, because then I know I will start behaving around food differently and it will start again and again. And there's this addictive element to purging as well. But anyway, all that's just kind of set the, the tone of the podcast. Purging it's a power, but it's not the power you want to have. And it's actually creating this binge and birch cycle. It's the start of the cycle, not the end. It's not the reset. It is restarting. And it actually encourages you to binge in the first place for the most part when we'll talk through it in a little bit. But I just want you to know that going into this episode, I'm not going to talk a lot about the health um, problems with purging. That is irrelevant. And so a lot of people that are struggling with bulimia, we know it's bad for us. We understand that it's not good, but if I can help you see how purging is actually keeping you stuck and suggesting that abstinence from purging is probably the best thing you could do for your recovery. Um, even if you feel like binging is the problem and if you just didn't binge, then you wouldn't purge. Hear this episode out and you might think about it differently and you might be more encouraged to go on a purging fast for a long time, um, for at least a week or a day or however long you think you can do it for. But it really is the problem, not the solution, is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, um, I was just talking with a client, actually two people, one newer client, but then an onboarding session where purging really was an issue. But this one client, we were talking through her behaviors this week. And we've been working, It's she, again, she's a very new client, so we've had a few sessions. And during the first few weeks of working with a client, it depends on the client, but a lot of times the first few weeks of working with it are trial and error periods, which is kind of odd. People don't think about that. They think like, oh, you just start the plan and it starts working and you get better. And I do have tools that I give people and sometimes they just work right away. But with some people, it's not the case. You need a few weeks, maybe a month to just kind of have like them try something. And and if it works for them, cool. If it doesn't work for them, then see, okay, well, what's not working? What's going on? And it's in those mistakes and errors and those struggle weeks, which are really hard to get through, that the client actually learns a lot about themselves and a lot about the real problem. And for this client, we were just discussing this week, and we have things we know they should be doing, 
But ultimately what happens with her is she'll reach a point where she gets uncomfortable. She gets too full. She feels a little bit gross. She feels like she's overeaten and she thinks she will get fat because of that feeling, right? That's the main barrier for her. And therefore she might as well purge because she's gone too far. That's one thing to note. And so she didn't, at this point, she hasn't even binged. She's just overeaten slightly. She's just maybe even eaten what we, what people would consider a normal amount of food, but because she's so, so used to purging that it really just doesn't matter at this point if she wants to purge. But the main point is because she thinks it's useful, because she thinks she's going to gain weight, she is going to purge. And then therefore she might as well go get some candy corn or some sugar and whatever she wants to binge on and do that. And that's what she did. And then perch. And we talked about, you know, yeah, you could moderate with food. There's certain things you, you could do differently. But I asked her, how do you think you would approach food if you didn't have the ability to perch? If I took that away from you? And she's like, I would definitely not go get the extra food afterwards. I would be probably a little bit more careful about how much food I ate and what I ate. And I would certainly, um, I don't know, have a little bit more respect for the food itself. And I probably wouldn't binge because I knew that there's no getting out of it. And again, this is not the case for everyone. I know there's a specific subtype of people who will, even if they don't purge, they'll binge. Or people that are just bingers, they will just binge. And that's a different conversation um, that we'll talk about. But this is useful for anyone that uses purging in particular. Uh, just because you don't use purging doesn't mean you're hopeless. Just want you to know for those people listening. But anyone that purges, whether it's self-induced vomiting, laxatives, over-exercising restriction, I'm talking specifically more so about self-induced vomiting because that's what I would use. That's what the majority of my clients use. But this is also relevant for those of you guys that use other forms of compensation, which also count as purging. Um, If you did not have this in your life, you listening, I want you to pause the episode and think about how you would approach your life today. If I took away your ability to purge, what would you do with food? How would you think about it differently? How would you eat it differently? How would you have that experience differently? Would things change? And I'm guessing if you're someone who compensates through purging, things would change. You might still overeat slightly. You might still have some issues with food, but you wouldn't do nearly the amount of damage that you're doing if you didn't have that ability to purge for the most part. And I think that's what I'm trying to get you to see is that this client here, it's really not the binging that's the issue for her. It isn't. It's really the purging and she needs to remove the purging if she has any hope of beginning to trust her body again and learning how to eat properly. The purging is like a toxic ex, right? Um, It's something that she's keeping in her life and never allows her to move on to a healthier relationship, something that will actually allow her to flourish with food, right? That's the problem. So purging, it really think it's it's it is like a toxic ex. It makes you think that it's the right thing for you. It makes it think that it's helping you, that it's actually a tool, that it's it's getting you out of sticky situations. It's really just making you feel way worse. It's taking more from you than it's giving every single time. And so for this client, I talked to her about, okay, well, do you think, are you willing to be abstinent from purging? And um, we talked back and forth about this and she's like, I really do think at the end of the day, that is the problem. I thought it was binging at first, but I think I need to just be abstinent from purging and try it. And we were talking about the consequences of that. She's worried about weight gain. And that's the other thing that I've been talking a lot with people is everyone worries, okay, well, if I stop purging, I'm going to gain weight. Um, And we talked through this a little bit and I guess I'll explain the conversation to you here. 
one, yeah, you might gain some weight, especially if you're purging every single meal or a lot of meals. That's probably going to happen. And depending on the level you are, you might need to get medically supervised to do that. So obviously get talk with your doctor first if you are worried about that. Um, but you may gain some weight. You may fluctuate. Um, and that is a reality of the situation. But if you ever want to be able to learn how to moderate your weight without purging, you must remove purging. I think people think, well, if I don't have purging, I'm just going to gain tons of weight. And they're forgetting the other option of, but what if you learn how to moderate food from a place of kindness and self-respect for yourself and the food? It's like um, how we treat the ocean. Um, you know, the ocean is an amazing thing to go out and play in and swim in and it's beautiful and it's all these creatures in it and you could just stay at the fun of the beach. But also you respect when the ocean is, you, you respect the ocean that it is just dangerous though, that you could die in there, that there are creatures in there that you do not know. And so you don't do stupid stuff with the ocean. You don't go in during high tides or dangerous waves and you don't uh, f- swim out when there are definitely sharks nearby. Like you, you respect the ocean, but yet you appreciate it. That's kind of what you need to do with food and yourself, right? You need to understand that you shouldn't just be able to eat everything under the sun. It's just not good for your body, right? You want to have a relationship with food where you have a healthy respect for what's going to feel good and not good in your body, the quantities that you should and shouldn't eat, and that that's not a restriction. That's not because you are, um, I don't know, gluttonous or anything. It's because you're trying to do what's right for you and what's right for the food, having that healthy appreciation. So for my client, I tried to help her see yeah, yes, you may temporarily gain some weight, but we also talked about how it's now or never. She was worried about some events she had coming up, but right now she doesn't have anything going on, so she feels more comfortable having her weight fluctuate. And if you're having things in your life where you're like, I can't let my weight fluctuate, consider, like she did, really, she just canceled things so that she could have this time to just heal and recover and let her body do its thing. But then also give it a chance because if you never remove this stimulus, then you'll never, ever figure it out. Um, you'll never be able to move on with your life. Uh, uh, so that's really important too. And she's like, you're right. Uh, I told her, I used the example of like, it's like you're at a cold war with your body. She, I'm like, you will trust your body up to a certain point and then you'll purge. You have to actually be the one that surrenders and, and tries and, and, uh, is vulnerable. And then you can see what happens and at least experiment with it for a week or something. Um, but probably longer than that to see the results. So the other thing is, yeah, you might gain weight, but that might be the only way. And it's not that you have to gain tons and tons of weight that that can happen and recover. I'm not saying it's wrong, but, um, just know that just because you gain weight and recovery doesn't mean it has to be permanent. I have spoken openly many, many times about how I have intentionally lost weight post-recovery, how I do work out of the gym partially for weight maintenance, right? And I do still care about being within what I consider a healthy weight range. That is something that I do, but it doesn't drive me to binge and purge. It doesn't make me lose my mind over it, and it's not the number one priority for me anymore. And I've learned how to I don't know, have a balance with food. And part of it is definitely, first and foremost, no longer having purging in my life and learning to trust my intuitive signals a bit more, listening to my body, having a healthy balance of nutritional knowledge and using um, my brain and my body uh, when I'm eating food. Anyways, we're getting off topic, but with purging, you got to remove it um, if you ever have any hope of learning how to manage your weight without it. And the sacrifice of gaining some weight right now, again, is I think a, an investment that's worthwhile. 
So after this conversation with this client, she asked, you know, do we, we talked about a goal for her and a goal was really being absent from purging for one week and being pretty strict about that. Like it's no longer an option. We're not going to do this. We're going to be abstinent from this behavior rather than trying to figure out what foods to be abstinent from uh, per se. And so that was a helpful goal. But she asked, you know, do a lot of your clients do this? And I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about how first I said, oh, yeah, I'd say probably like 30, 40 percent of my clients, they start out just being fully abstinent from behaviors, um, from purging in particular. And that helps them. They don't stop the binging first. But then I was thinking about how actually a lot of people, they end up being maybe being abstinent from binging first, but then they eventually realize they need to be abstinent from purging <laughs> and they just go cold turkey and even the clients that like they know purging is the problem they need to be abstinent from it they tiptoe around being abstinent they really try and then they finally are like no we're not doing this anymore so at some point every single person in recovery has to start being abstinent from purging at some point in order to fully recover i'm going to say that again at some point every single person in recovery has to be abstinent from purging long term like they have to make the decision to give up purging long term in order to recover. And that was me as well, which is something I always heard people talking about how like, oh, you need to stop the purging first. And I was always like, that's not me. I don't, I'm binge. And if I don't binge, then I don't purge. That's not relevant to me. Uh, but what I didn't realize is that when I stopped binging, I did stop purging. But then urges to purge came up much more frequently because I was no longer binging. And I have, but then I'd still have overeating moments and I still would have moments of being uncomfortable, feel food, being overly full and wanting to purge. And it was like, once I removed the binging, I realized, oh my gosh, maybe binging was never the issue. It was the purging that was the issue because I would have this temptation to just do it one time, you know, just let's go back to it. Oh, we're really uncomfortable. We're really full. We really want to purge right now. Or um, we ate too much, maybe just this one time. And then I thought through, I, I had the foresight somehow to think, if I do this, what happens next? And I knew if I purged, I would likely overeat or I'd be overly hungry afterwards and I want to counterbalance. And then I would probably have one of those days where it's, okay, I purged, but now I'm hungry again, so I'm going to eat. And then I'm, I'm probably going to purge again. So I'm going to overeat here. I'm going to binge and then binge, purge, binge, purge until I'm exhausted and I go to sleep at night. That's what was going to occur. And I realized, wow, holy shit, purging was always the issue and it was maybe just as big of an issue as binging it was maybe one of the primary causes of my binging over and over and over again and purging is something we can never go back to so even me you know i always thought um i think i made an episode a while ago it's like which should you be absent from first binging or purging doesn't necessarily matter i think for it depends on the client um but at some point you will have to remain absent from purging. So if you don't, if you choose binging first, at some point you'll have to give up purging fully too. And I didn't realize I needed to make that decision until after I stopped binging because then I realized purging is still an issue. Even if I'm not doing it, it's still coming up for me. Wow, this is crazy. So that's something that you might want to consider if you're like, this isn't, this isn't me though. Like unless I binge, then I don't purge. But purging is directly impacting your binges. And if you don't think so, pause this episode, journal about the last time you binged and purged and what the thought process was before, how it occurred. Was it just purely for the numbing of the food or did you know partly that you did have the option to purge so that therefore it was okay and that you could go hardcore or did your binge start because you just ate a little bit too much and you're like, I should probably get rid of this and if we're going to get rid of this, we might as well keep on going or was it after a purge and you're like, I'm still hungry, I still feel totally out of whack, I'm just going to eat again and then I'm going to purge again and then I'm going to eat again 
and then perch again. And then you had that whole circus in your kitchen. You know, what was it? So think that through. But um, I really think everyone needs to at some point make a stand to be fully abstinent from that behavior over binging. Um, even though I think binging is obviously very damaging. And I'm not one of those people that, you know, if you're just binging and that is your problem and you're not purging, I feel for you. You are still struggling deeply and that's a separate issue. But I am trying to speak to those who um, are purging because that's something else altogether and it changes the way you interact with it. But anyone that thinks, oh, you just binge, fuck them. Like binging ruins lives. So I uh, don't ever think that your problem isn't as serious because you're not purging per se. I think a lot of bingers do purge though. They just purge through maybe not eating as much the next day or um, restricting afterwards, which a lot of people don't even consider purging, but it is a form of purging. It's a form of compensation, which is kind of what purging is. So um, yeah, anyway, we're rambling at this point, but I hopefully this podcast episode has highlighted for you how sinister purging really is. It's not a useful tool. It is not helping you. It is something that at some point, if you do really want to recover, and this client said it today, she's like, I think I need to be a little bit more harsh with myself. And I was like, mm, do you need to be harsh or do you just need to show yourself tough love? Do you just need to be a little bit more serious about the fact that you cannot purge? But at some point you will have to make a decision and it does come down to you. And if you feel really resistant to purging, write down why. Why are you still holding on? I've been really curious about this with my transition in my life and like some of the things I was holding on to um, with my past relationship. And um, every single time I've actually just been curious about it, I've discovered the false logic that I've been holding on to that's actually keeping me stuck. And um, this week is like, I feel like I finally maybe completed that chapter maybe but um like really the more you stay curious with it rather than judging yourself or being like oh you shouldn't think that and just being like well why do you think that why are you still holding on what's the reason let's go over it calmly we're all adults here in your brain you can figure it out right and see it does that make sense or does it not make sense I'm going to talk about this in the private podcast episode um, this week, uh, which I haven't recorded yet. That's next. But um, a client of mine was talking about how her brain was just spinning, you know, overthinking. And she's like, she just wanted to shut it off. And there's merit to sometimes shutting off. Like sometimes you're overthinking and you really just need to stop for a second and recalibrate. But the way she was thinking about it, she was kind of like, I, I told her, that's your brain screaming at you that something's wrong and you're just shutting the door, locking it from the outside and walking away. That's what you're doing when your brain is doing that. And she was like, I just thought my brain was being stupid. And I was like, maybe your brain's obsessing about it over three in the morning because something's really freaking wrong and bothering you. And it's trying to tell you and you need to listen, right? So if you're still holding on to purging, stop the podcast episode and journal about it. Listen, hear your brain out because that will give you the rubric for how to possibly change that moving forward if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, know why you don't want to give up purging. Fully understand those reasons and then go about your life acting in accordance with those reasons and see if they actually make sense. I'd rather if you're going to purge, do it consciously, not because you think you have to, not because it's the only way. You know it's not the only way. You know, you know, you know. And if you don't know, really think about that and ask yourself, is this actually true? Um, is this logic completely sound? I bet you it's not, right? So at the very least, when you're making a conscious choice to purge and you know why you're purging, cognitive dissonance builds pretty quickly. So that's also um, another tip for you. But anyway, after this podcast episode, 
for those of you guys that are on board with it, you're like, yeah, I know. I, I hear you. I think I need to stop purging. I need to make that decision. I would then um, make a goal for yourself. If you binge and purge every day, multiple times per day, make a goal to pur- not purge one day, get through 24 hours. If you are maybe purging daily, once a day, try to get through a few days. Or if you can, push it to a week, go full cold turkey. And sometimes I'm not always a proponent of cold turkey, but for this, challenge yourself. Maybe this would actually help you to go cold turkey um, for a week and set that goal and then keep going for it. And if you fail, don't give up. Review when that happens. Do some journaling. Talk to a friend. Talk to a therapist, counselor, or coach about it and review. Okay, hey, why did I fail? Not say, oh, yeah, I failed. I knew I would fail. I fucked up. This is classic me. I'm just going to not try anymore. Review it. Figure out why it may or may not have happened or didn't go exactly. Oh my goodness, I can't speak today. Didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to. What you could have done differently, why you did do what you did, even if it was unconscious, write that down, you know, and then see what you can do differently and then set the goal again and try again. That is how you recover. Um, Just keep, keep going and keep reviewing and keep going back to the drawing board and then taking more action. All right, I'm gonna let you go. There was a group, a free group coaching call this week. So if you join that, thank you so much for being there. I'll probably host another one next month. And now that things are getting back into a regular routine for me, I moved into my new place and um, fully kind of done with that that transition in my life. You should see more content from me and more possibly free opportunities. Um, I have some things I'm working on for the holidays too. So look forward to that. And otherwise, thank you so much for being a part of my life. Even if I've never, ever heard from you, thank you for listening to this podcast episode or this podcast in general and supporting it in whatever way you have. If you're a client of mine, thank you so much for being a client. You've impacted my life more than you'll ever, ever know. But even if you're just a listener, you allow me to do what I need to do. And the people that have interacted with me, you've helped me help other people by interacting with me, Um, whether it's support um, or it's sharing your stories with me so that I more understand how to help more people. I just, I'm forever grateful. So Thank you. Thank you so, so much. All right. Never give up on yourself, my friend. Bye.